You are now tuned in to the Village Motherhood Edition podcast, where moms from all walks of life share their stories about the obstacles they faced in motherhood. I invite you to join the village to be motivated, inspired, educated, but most importantly, I want you to know that you're not alone. So let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Village Motherhood Edition podcast. And for my new listeners, my name is Natasha. And for the ones who have been rocking with me all 13 episodes, hey girl, hey. So um, how is everybody doing today? You know, how are you doing while you're listening to this podcast? If you haven't already started to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is the village underscore M-E. That is T-H-E-V-I-L-L-A-G-E underscore M-E. And, you know, drop me a line. Tell me how you're doing. Tell me what you think of the show. Tell me, you know, what topics you want to talk about. You know, I'm always down to make new mom friends. And I want to make and create content that, you know, that y'all want to hear. So, you know, help me out. Help a sister out. Just go ahead and follow me on Instagram. So today in the studio, I have another special guest. Her name is Miss Piera Hurd, and I think that you'll really enjoy her story. So this Cleveland native is super career driven. You know, she has these dreams of climbing the corporate ladder and she's um, she's super educated, you know, just a real go getter. But the day she graduated from college, she finds out that she's pregnant. So she's at this crossroads in her life and everybody's like, so what are you going to do? You're pregnant now. You're not going to be able to keep your career and be a mom. And Piera said, you know what? Yes, I am. So if you ever felt like, hey, I am not going to be able to chase my dreams and be a good mom at the same time, or if you feel like you've kind of been given an ultimatum between doing something that makes you happy and being a good mom, this episode is definitely for you. So let's get started. All right, Pierre, I have given the audience a little bit about you. So why don't you tell me who you are in your words? So I am Kiara. I am the founder and CEO of Millennial and Mommying. We are a social platform that encourages moms to continue on with their career goals, um, business goals, and social goals once they become a mom. Totally came from my own experiences of being super career-driven and always hearing, well, what are you going to do now that you're pregnant? What are you going to do now that you're about to have a baby? Um, and it was like, why are you asking me that? I'm continuing to do what I want to do. So completely just career driven person. Um, I am also one of the directors of Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine. So we are a med school um, that's pretty pronounced throughout the world. And so doing a lot of enrollment things with that. And it's just my whole world working with students, helping people, encouraging people. And so now I have Eminem on the side too. Wow, that is amazing. You know what? I never thought about it like that. Once, you know, I had 
kids, it's almost like they make you kind of choose either you're going to be a full-time mom or you're going to work. And for those moms who are momming and trying to build a career at the same time, they kind of make you feel bad when you don't make it to the softball game or you can't make it to, you know, the, the ballet recital because the way your schedule is set up and like they make you feel horrible for it. Yep. And that's why Millennial Mommy was born. I literally went through some really bad, um, not even postpartum depression, like prenatal depression, because mm. I was in that mindset of I've worked so hard to get to mm. where I am right now. And now everybody is just like, you got to give it up. You got to stop. You can't travel as much. You're not going to be able to keep up this career. Like, what are you going to do? And it wasn't until I was one, I kept my pregnancy a secret because of that was the response in the background. So I did not disclose that I was pregnant until I was eight months pregnant. Oh, wow. Um, I was not showing, <laughs> which worked out. I woke up one day and had a huge bump. And people were like, uh, and I was like, all right, it's time for us to tell. But outside <laughs> of maybe five people in my intermediate circle, no one knew whatsoever. Um, and so it wasn't until I hit that eight month mark where I was like, no, I'm going to do both. I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to be a career woman. We're going to knock out every educational goal we have, um, graduate school. We're going to, we're going to continue. Um, and then my daughter was born in 2018. So right before the pandemic and once she was turning, um, one going on one and a half I kind of started sharing on my social media these are some of the things that we're doing at home and that just took off like people were like oh I can relate what does your schedule look like that looks pretty cool how are you doing all this giving advice this is so encouraging then I was like all right let's start a group chat for moms who are also career driven or in school and then Facebook shut us down for Messenger. They were like, you can't have more than 100 people in a group chat. Like, you can't do that. So one of the moms was like, we'll start a Facebook group. We can all enter in there. Um, and it took off <laughs> so much faster than what I really thought. I thought this was a group of me and my friends talking about being in school. Mo- many of them are entrepreneurs. Um, talking about businesses, me talking about just climbing the corporate ladder and becoming what I want to become, which is is who I am right now. Um, And so I thought it was just a a girl's chat. I I really did. And people were like, no, I want to do these things too. Um, But everybody always told me I couldn't. You're the first person to say, why can't you? And it it made people reflect themselves. It, It grew from there. So um, I know that you said that you hid your pregnancy up until you were about eight months. Was your pregnancy planned or was it just kind of like, you know, I'm out here doing, you know, I did what I did. We together and we done had this baby. Um, Not planned. Not okay. planned whatsoever. Um, we were, we were together, but we were fresh. I was a fresh college graduate. I literally, I found out that I was pregnant the day that I walked the stage for wow. graduation. Um, and I tell people all the time, like, don't laugh at me, (laughs) but senior activities, you know how leading up to graduation, you have all these senior activities and stuff and you're getting wild, you're having fun, you're partying with your friends. Yeah. Senior week was happening and I got really sick and I was convinced I had alcohol poisoning. 
not gonna mm. lie. I walked into the clinic on campus, like, hey, give me the IV, I need some hydration, so I can walk the stage, we good to go. <laughs> um, she was just like, you know, for other reasons, like, I know you're on board control and everything, but we have to weigh everything out, like, let me give you a pregnancy test. Took the test, she comes back to the room. Well, good news is, you don't have alcohol poisoning. Bad news is, and I don't really know if this is bad news because I love you guys together because she knew this person. Um, you're pregnant. I hysterically, like, I could have hyperventilated. Like, I just started, I could have passed out. I just started hyperventilating. Um, she didn't know what to do. The good thing is, she knew who to call, which is a very trusted faculty member that I had. Like, I literally called her mom. She okay. came over to the clinic and talked me down, talked me off the ledge. It was just like, all you have to do is cross the stage. We will worry yeah. about the rest later. You just, you hear your name and you just walk. And um, I had family come into town from everywhere and everyone's on campus and super excited. I'm a first generation graduate. So everyone was just super excited. And I remember having tears and everybody's like, oh, she's so happy, tears of joy. And I'm crying because I feel like my life is over. Yeah. Um, and it was it was definitely a lot. And so be, I think I was just in denial for so long of this cannot be happening. I've already accepted a job in Tampa. So I knew that I was going to be moving from Ohio. Um, once I found out that I was pregnant, like I had already had all of these things in motion to move. So I thought all of that was coming to a halt and it just was not the plan. And I'm a planner. <laughs> oh my God. I felt that. I felt that in my spirit because I spent 20 years in the military. So I'm used to things being a certain way and having a plan and following that plan. Right. And then, um, I ended up pregnant with my second child at 35. There is a 16 year age gap between my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter, right? And I was like, okay, you can do this. It'll be fine. It will be great. It will be, it will be, yeah. But when you're a planner, you need, and you have like a plan set in your mind for how things are supposed to go, when things, go awry which they do quite often mm -hmm. you're like mm, now what <laughs> and that's what it was I, I'm telling you I was in denial yeah. like I hadn't even told my mom yet I had oh, wow. this advisor who's basically like a god mom like she took me to my appointment she took me to get my first ultrasound like she was holding my hand um, and one of my deans, who is a very close mentor of mine now, my dean is just like, when are, when are we going to say something? Like, we have to let people know. And I was just like, not yet. Not now. We hit second trimester, and they were like, Tierra, like, come on, what's happening? The clock is ticking. We're getting ready. So you're about to move. Like, ma'am, it's June. You're moving in August. What is happening? Like, what are you going to do? Um... And I was just like, this, this was not, this was not the plan. And so we have to move forward with the plan is. And so when we get over the hurdle to move, maybe I'll say something. But right now, <laughs> we're going to yeah. stick with the plan was. Okay. Okay. Um, I like that you said that 
you hadn't told your mom yet, but you had an, an advisor that was trusted to you. And I think that it's important for moms to know that your village doesn't necessarily mean family. Your village is what you build it to be. Um, mm-hmm. Especially for like for somebody like myself who was in the military for so long, I moved all the time. So every time I moved, I had to, you know, uproot my my child and go somewhere else. And I had to learn new people. And because I unfortunately was in the military when the country was at war, I was always gone. So I had to learn how to to make friends and, and build new bonds. And because no matter what you think, super mom does not exist. And you need somebody to help you through it. It's it's like you need somebody to help you through it. Period. Okay. Yeah. You you cannot do motherhood alone because if if you try to, you'll go crazy. Always, and that's always my number one question is when people are like, "How are you doing it all? How are you able to do this?" Um, my first answer is always my village. Like I will always give them their props, their kudos, and everything. And it's not always blood either like so much so many people in my village are made up of friends people from college people that I did meet in Tampa when I moved to Tampa I didn't know anyone um other than just me and my child's father like we didn't I didn't have relationships with the co-workers that I got close with um the job that I had while I was there clients that I was interfacing we just became good friends over time our children went to play dates my daughter went to the library I would meet moms there and we're literally, even though we're in separate places now, we're inseparable. Their kids call me auntie. My kid calls them auntie. We're good. <laughs> Baby, it ain't nothing like a good long distance auntie. Okay. <laughs> All the time. Their kids and my daughter will sit on FaceTime. Like yeah. nothing ever happened. You can't tell them. They're going to be so disappointed when they grow up and realize that they are not really cousins. You know what? I don't, I don't plan on telling nobody. <laughs> Like, listen, you're doing too much. Don't worry about all that. That's your cousin. Now go ahead, play, go, go ahead, play with your people. All right. Um, so I see that you, you found a need, you know, within your own struggle, people were telling you, Hey, you're pregnant now. What are you going to do with your career? And I'm, I'm glad that you you found that and decided to do something with it because a lot of moms are at a crossroad where they think that um I either have this career or I have my children and it's it's not I don't feel as if you should have to pick either or because you were a whole person before you brought another person into this world our literal (laughs) we literally tell moms like we are bomb women who just so happen to be moms too. Like we live by that. We're women first. We are amazing women. We are so many other things. And then we're a mom. Like mom is just another thing added to my resume. It may be at the top of my resume, but it's just another piece of who I am. I'm so much more than that. And we know it goes without saying, right? That children are your whole world. They're your lives. They come first. We don't have to say that as mothers. We no. know automatically that we care for them. We love them. Just because you choose to give yourself a little love, 
to go get the degree, to start the business, to continue to climb that career, it doesn't make you any less of a good mother. You can do all of it if you so choose to while taking care of yourself at the same time. Because if you're not your best self, that's, that leads into so many other things of people resenting their children and wanting to live through their children because they stopped who they were as a person and then their children consumed all of them. You know, we get mama's boys that can't come out of it and we get just a mom trying to live through her daughter and it's just, it's not healthy for either party. And that's how, um, that's how like toxic relationships, it's like, it's a toxic bond. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you still need to remember that, you know, you were a person before you decided to embark on this journey of motherhood. And I think, um, a lot of the issue is moms, we put so much into, into our children that we forget. And then there's a lot of moms that are you know, dealing with their own childhood trauma that they have not addressed. And because they have not addressed their childhood trauma, they are parenting from like a place of fear. So because this happened to me as a child, I'm gonna make sure this doesn't happen to my children and the lines get, you know, blurred and things get crossed. And it's just a toxic cycle that that just keeps going. And I had to learn the hard way because I did end up with postpartum depression. I had to learn the hard way that it is okay for me to take care of me sometimes. It mm-hmm. matter of fact, not it's not even just okay. It's imperative that I take care of me because once my peace of mind is gone, I'm not taking care of anybody. At all. Anybody. And that's the worst place to be in as a mom, but then as a person too and you tell people that all the time you cannot be a good mom if you don't feel fulfilled or you don't feel at your best you're just in you're in robot mode you're just doing whatever you feel like you need to do you're not fulfilling yourself and as people as much as we don't want to admit it as humans we have to have some form of fulfillment we have to have some form of purpose to function otherwise we get in auto mode and then depression comes and then something else comes and then something else comes like it will be all of these things that we've just called other things it's just a lack of purpose at that point yeah yeah absolutely I oh man I wish that somebody I wish that I had known you six years ago when I had my second child with my first child I was in the military I had a mission Okay. But with my second child, um, I was kind of like at a crossroads. I'm like, so what do I do now? Like, does my life stop? Like, how do I go forward? And it took me a long time to decide to become an entrepreneur and to, to do things for myself. And I finally figured out that I needed something for me in order for me to make me a a better person so therefore I could be a better mother so it it was a a very it was a rough road it was a lot of dark nights a lot of tears because I literally thought that because I'm somebody's mom now oh and so with my oldest daughter like I said I was in the military when she was younger and the country was at war so I wasn't there so I felt like I it was an obligation for me to just drop everything that I was doing to parent these new children and 
to a certain extent, yes. But at some point, I still need to look back and focus on on what makes Tasha happy. I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't, how can I put it? I can't expect my children to make me happy. I can't expect my, my husband to make me happy. My happiness is a personal responsibility. Absolutely. To- 1,000% agree. Um, and I hear so many moms say that, especially when they see the platform, they see the word millennial. They're like, I'm not a millennial. I have grandkids now, so I don't really fit the category. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with mindset and where you are right now in your journey. If you trust, like when I say millennial, I'm just talking about modern. We're just modern day women who believe that you could do all of these things while being a great mom. Um, because other ages, we're not going to name no names mm. okay. <laughs> of other generations. Um, it was always instilled in them that you, how can you take care of your home and be a good mom if you're a career woman too? It was an automatic stop. There was no question about it. You either were going to do one or the other and if you chose the other if you chose to chase after the music career if you chose to build yourself up on the corporate ladder you were not a good mother and it's just knocking that stereotype down um is definitely the main the main focus and the main goal really inspiring people to know so you can do both you can do all three if you want you can run your business you can definitely be a mom while you're running your business but you could also go back and get a certificate a degree something to help you build on that business and expand um and you know women are definitely just forces to be reckoned with and so a woman with a child when you have that motivation and something to push you to keep going and moving forward we just have to really tap into that we have to realize that our children are not anchors to hold us down but they're actually forces to keep and continue to push us forward to keep saying i'm the reason you should go get it um and so just changing that mindset of as long as you have the willpower and the want and the desire to do it you can like there is nothing else out here stopping you no one can stop you or say you can't have this job because you're a mother or your child has a schedule where too much is going on. There is no such thing. Um, no one can say you can't take classes, you can't do this. There are so many ways. And I know people are like, well, what if I don't have the village? What if I don't have the resources? I don't have a babysitter to take classes. I can't pay for extra hours in daycare. Where there is a will, there is a way, always. Um, We have women, so our Facebook group currently has 4,000 women spread throughout the country, even internationally, some women have joined us. And so they have hubs where I've watched women who don't know each other from a can of paint, like they don't know each other at all. Hmm. They've just built this relationship in this group and they literally babysit for each other. You see that movie, The Mom's Club, where they go on dates and everybody switches out? Well, they do that for women who have to go to school and who have to go to work. There's a stay-at-home mom on the West Coast who kind of has pioneered herself to be like, if you need help, if I'm not near you, we're going to try to find somebody in your area. But if you're near me, just raise your hand and say, I need help. Obviously, we can do some play dates. We can do all these different things so you can get to know me and trust me and 
cameras in my house, watch the video footage, whatever it is that you need to do. I just want you to get to your goal. I want you to finish that degree or diploma or whatever it is. Um, so it's, it's definitely changing, changing a whole lot of mindsets and stereotypes for sure. That That's awesome. I, I love that idea. So uh, once you had your daughter, what mm-hmm. was life like? Did you take a break? Um <laughs> me um did you did you take a break before you jump right into your career because you know the newborn nights is they those newborn nights is rough they are this is like loud um they're long and they're a terror but luckily and i think this is because such as trying in higher pregnancy i had the easiest baby that anyone could have ever hoped for like I really feel like I'm blessed probably the reason why I haven't really thought about another child because I feel like because she was so easy Mm -hmm. the second child is gonna be like what is this (laughs) yes that second child when they say that second child don't care that second child don't care baby Mm -mm. oh my goodness I I never stopped I was that person that had my laptop in the hospital (laughs) Wow. And I don't recommend this for anybody <laughs> because it is so toxic. <laughs> you need to take some time and be with your baby. And I did take some time and be with her. But I was that person that had my laptop, kind of checking emails. I had a, a fairly easy kind of labor process and things. Um, it was, I think, me still working, though, very much so was still me being intact, just being in denial. Okay. This did not just happen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you say I had a baby, especially because I was induced. Um, Okay. I had a high-risk pregnancy with my daughter because she has um, hydrophorosis on her right kidney. So Mm -hmm. it basically just meant the fluids were not flowing through the canals that should have been on her kidney. And so because of that, I had a lack of amniotic fluid. So I was going to the doctor once or twice a week just to make sure she was good. Um... We get all the way up to exactly eight months. I went in to the doctor on my lunch break. Like, oh, we're just going for one of those routine ultrasounds. Get there and they were like, we cannot send you back. We can't find another pocket of fluid. You're gonna have this baby today. We're gonna induce you. Oh, wow. Um, I was 32 weeks. So one, I was like, there's no way you're gonna induce me and I'm 32 weeks. Uh, her lungs, duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They were like, uh, no, like, you know, technology has improved. She may go to the NICU, but she'll be open. We've seen her practice breathing and all of this stuff. Like, she'll be fine. Um, I know that I was in denial because when they said I was at a, a sub clinic, um, when they said you have to go to main campus, do you want to drive or should we call you an ambulance to take you over? Like, oh, no, I can drive myself. I don't want to leave my Ugh. car up here. I'll be okay. I did not go to the hospital, child. I went home. <laughs> I went home. I went home and packed my bag yet, so I slowly packed my bag. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my mom, like, on the phone, and she's like, oh, what are you about to do? It was like, they said they're going to induce me. And I remember my mom coming to the house and looking like, what are you doing? <laughs> you're just sitting here, you're calm, like you gotta get to the hospital. And I'm like, well, I'm not like in labor. Like they're gonna put me in labor when I get there. Like I'm okay. 
Um, I went to Chipotle. Oh. Because I knew like they wasn't gonna let me eat, so I was like, <laughs> if I can't eat, I need to eat now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still hadn't had everything ready for like a car seat and all of that stuff, so I had to go into the garage, get the car seat out, put the car seat in the car. Like it was a whole moment. About two hours passed, and oh. the ca- they called me. <laughs> they called me, and was just like, "Hey, you were supposed to come over to the main campus." Um, we may have to send security to basically come and get you. And I was like, oh, I'm on my way. Like, y'all so dramatic. <laughs> like, so dramatic. I'm on the way. Um, I get there and then it hits me like, oh no, you're really about to have this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sent my friend to go get my laptop. I sent my best friend to go get my laptop. She went and got my laptop. She went and got anything that she may have thought I needed. She came back to the hospital and she sat with me and we sat in those moments in silence like this is very surreal like this Mm -hmm. cannot be happening um and of course for everyone else around me it was just like you basically just told us you were pregnant two weeks ago when you popped up with this baby shower invitation and now you're about to have a baby like this can't be how this is happening um and I really think just me continuing on with life as if nothing ever happened just has a lot to do with me being in that phase of this was not the plan yeah I'm gonna stick with the plan um once I got out of the hospital I took the normal because I ended up having to have a cesarean so that first six weeks being down couldn't really do too much having a good baby I wasn't doing too much work like on the career side it was just taking a class here or there like oh let me do this certification or oh I can do this certificate and like do these little things to keep my mind going Mm -hmm. otherwise I was gonna go crazy in the house because she didn't do nothing yet. She was just sitting there. She was yeah. asleep all the time. So what can I do to occupy all of this time that I was not used to having? Um, I've always been a worker. I've always been involved in stuff. So having that downtime was almost like, I'm going to go crazy. I need yeah. something to do. I need something. Like those kids that fidget with yeah. toys and, the <laughs> and whatever. I need something to do. Um, once I got the clearance from my doctor, um, I thought that I was going to go back into full motion completely. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I was like, I've actually been enjoying this time with my baby. Let me take a little bit more work. Like, I didn't go full time schedule back into things until my daughter was 10 months old or almost 10 months old. She's about nine and a half. Okay. And then I started physically going into the office, physically doing things. Once I got a little taste of it, it came right back of, all right, now we're in there. Now we're about to keep going. We're going to really go up. You're about to get this new position. You're going to be this manager. You're going to be this director. And then it built from there. Okay. So how did you go about building your schedule when you finally did decide to go back into the office and, you know, you know, start working on your career again? How did you go into building your schedule around this new baby? Um, my village was definitely the main part. So her dad and I were on two different shifts. 
Okay. Um, I was on first shift during the day. He was able to switch to a third shift during the night. Um, and we would swap. And he would get help during the day from his mom of being there and able to assist to at least give him a couple of hours of sleep before he had to go back at night. And then once I got home around four, kind of, we were literally switching off. Um, there wasn't too many times where we were all together at one time because we mm-hmm. were swapping off. Um, and that was with us being in a place where we had very limited resources. We, we didn't have the family in Florida. Okay. Um, so I would say to a mom that does have the village, you want to utilize, get onto a schedule, get onto an agreement or terms with somebody who's going to be there. Of course, that you can depend on. Um, but then also being able to reciprocate that to that person too. If you're not trustworthy with daycares or any of that stuff first, um, then utilizing the village would be the main thing. I had to build my schedule around who was available and what they were available to do. Okay. So I hear, you know, you spent time with the baby, you went back to your career, you used your village to get your schedule together. Where do you fit self-care into all of this? Still even... So I was in Tampa where I didn't really have... Like all of my relationships were kind of long distance at that point because I wasn't really going out to meet people while I was pregnant or when she was so young. It wasn't until something clicked where one of my friends that was in distance was like, hey, you should get out. (laughs) Like... I'm going to need to go outside. Work. Yeah, don't work. Don't work. Like, get out. But get out the house without working. Like, mm. just go to dinner. Just um, talk to somebody. Like, your clients that have kind of been, like, feeling you. Ask one of the moms who they want to go out. Um, and it happened. I actually met uh, one of my clients from work, Toya. And she became a really good friend. And she also had a small child. Like my daughter, they're only maybe 10 months apart from each other. Okay. And she was in the same boat. She was away from her family. She had moved from another state. It was just her and her husband. And we used each other. Like, hey, are you free today at this time? Yes. Let's go see what we can find. Literally going through TikTok. We don't okay. know Tampa. We don't know St. Pete. We don't know anything around. We were using TikTok as recommendations. Hey, let's go here. Hey, let's go there. Um, and it became a form of self-care. We were, we started to go out at least once or twice a month at minimum. We would sometimes, if something was happening in the summer, we might see each other a couple of times a week. Okay. Um, totally depending. But it took for one of my friends who wasn't there to say you need to do this you need to go out and and have it not be work at all okay yeah I think um I think coming from somebody else it makes you like oh maybe I should go outside a little bit I know that um when COVID hit I have a cousin that lives here in South Carolina with me and her son and my daughter are about four months apart and so what we did was like, cause she's an educator. So every, I want to say every Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, I would go to her house and she would have activities set up for our kids who were about 
um, when COVID hit in 2020, they were about three years old at the time. So she would have activities set up for the kids to do. And she also had um, another baby. So she would set up the activities for the older kids to do. And I would watch her baby. And that was like a form of self-care because, you know, we were isolated from everybody. Mm -hmm. So she was the only other individual that I knew was like COVID negative and she was the only person that I could be around and we just we kept that going until the world opened back up and I thank God for that because being in the house with your kids on quarantine will drive you crazy (laughs) I was we did go into well you know Florida never sat down yeah Yeah. (laughs) they did what they wanted to do Florida did what they wanted to do um, but because I had the parallel of seeing what was happening in Florida and then watching other family members on Facebook, like really taking it serious and shutting down and no school, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, this is, I'm not playing. <laughs> like we're going to be inside. Um, and with that, I started doing activities and doing things from home or how to start a recording. I can even say I started doing content. Okay. Putting the, the quotation marks around content. Um, and kind of posting and that's when people were like hey you should talk about this a little bit more this mm-hmm. is really good um, you know I was working from home for a little bit of the pandemic before we had to totally stop um, so with me working from home they were like hey so many people are trying to figure out how they're going to do that where do they balance and so you should share that experience and that's when we got started we got started in October of 2020 right in the midst of the pandemic yeah so how are you balancing everything now mom uh, millennial and mommying and your career like how are you balancing all of that right now definitely a schedule okay um a routine i live by my calendar everything is in the calendar um you know, and then I purposely have time marked off in my calendar of do nothing days or days you don't do anything or date night or whatever it is physically marked in to where I know I will have some time for myself too. Um, and so, and also cutting off, I have a, a very supportive work environment um, to where they know this is my cutoff after this time. I can't be available because this is the time for my family. Thankfully, I work for a university that is very big on work-life balance altogether because the lines can get very blurred when you're in a remote or a hybrid environment. People don't Mm -hmm. know when to stop uh, working and then start living. Um, And so literally having those cutoff times of this is the time for family stuff, and but then also knowing when it's a cutoff time from the family stuff, so this is the time for me. Um, and sometimes that time for me is a little bit of what's happening with Eminem. But we have teams and hubs now. So where I don't have to actively be present all the time. Some of the okay. moderators might take over. They may help with posting. Um, so there's a schedule there where we kind of talk or figure out who's going to do what or who's going to post what that helps with managing that part. Um But I'm also not afraid to just walk away or shut down for a little bit. Like I might have some periods where I don't post anything for weeks because Mm. I need a mental reset and 
um, I don't know what direction I'm going in. And so I will walk away from it. I will stop. And I don't feel bad. I'm, people don't realize we don't get paid for this. We're not feeding our families from this. Every now and then, a nice little ambassador partnership or something might pop up where it's like, oh, that paid for dinner. For okay. Something. <laughs> that paid for this or that paid for that. But this is not livelihood. And I can't talk to other women about doing this if I'm not practicing it myself. Um, so really remaining true to just being authentic and holding to what I tell other people to do. Take some time for yourself. If school is getting overwhelming, stop the content. Stop the content, stop everything and focus on the school. If mm-hmm. your relationship with your child is what needs to be focused on, stop everything. Nurture that relationship for a little while until you feel like you've nurtured that to where it needs to be. And then pick up where you left off. There has to be that balance of you knowing, but also having to implement, okay, this is what I have to do at this time. And you need a mental break from social media and things altogether. So I, I will say with people, I do not include myself as an influencer by any means I tell people all the time I was sharing what worked for me and my house and some things that I was doing and then people related to it that does not make me an influencer it does Mm -hmm. not make me a content creator I give tips and tricks take it if it works for you it works for you I'm glad it works for you if it doesn't it doesn't we can leave it there um and so, but people don't realize that social media can be a crazy place because then people think they know you and then they start commenting and then they start coming into stuff and it can get overwhelming because then they're like, oh, you got it all figured out. Oh, you got it together. Oh, you did this and you think you did this. I never said any of that. So, whatsoever. Y'all can't put that on me. Um, and so, sometimes I have to take a break from that. I have to take a break from you know everybody just venting and people putting out all of their stuff and sometimes I'm like you don't know me and you telling me all your business <laughs> don't do that you have that um, welcoming spirit like oh she can take it <laughs> and it's always happened it's always happened to me even before this has started but I've gotten a little stronger of knowing when I can take something when I can be available for some things um and I've, I've had podcasts and so many other things to just say, as, a, as black women, you should not do that. Don't do it. You can't be the superhero. You can't save it. You can't put on your cape for everybody. Do what you're capable of doing and then stop where you're not able to do that. Um, and so definitely figuring out that balance. But I'm not afraid to walk away. You see that Instagram page stagnant? You're like, oh, it's a break. <laughs> Something is happening. Um, and I tell people all the time, if you need constant interaction and constant engagement, leave from the Instagram page and go into the Facebook community where there's a mom that's posting at three in the morning and they want, they're looking for interaction or they're on the West coast. I'm asleep. <laughs> but I'm not on there. I'm not interacting. I'm not present all the time. The platform is made of everyone, not just me. Yeah. Um, so that's what definitely helps for sure is that community kind of suffices itself. It, it literally stabilizes itself at this point. I'm glad that you said that you live by your candle calendar, but you intentionally lock out time for you either 
for yourself or just to do nothing. And I think people forget that the appointment that you make for yourself is just as important as the other appointments you have, you know, going on during your your month or whatever. Yes, there's doctor's appointments and yes, there's meetings and yes, you have this to do and deadlines, but you also need to, um, you have to find that time for yourself. And I noticed that in the beginning when I first started this, I was spending a lot of time on social media, but it will drive you crazy. And I had a friend tell me, she was like, if you are always moving and always running and always thinking, when do you have time to hear from God? Because your mind's always going. Your mind is always going. And I also read, um, I read in one of my devotionals that that busyness is almost like a disease, okay? You don't need to be busy all the time. And busyness leads to other things, anxiety, depression. Like I have gotten to the point outside of like right now because we're doing an interview. Mm -hmm. For the most part, when I come home, I try to turn off my, well, not turn off my phone, but I put my phone away because I don't want to be sucked into social media because that's time I could be spending with my children. And I don't want them to think that, okay, well, mommy's on her phone. So that means I can be on my tablet. No, ma'am, that's not what we don't. (laughs) We, we are, we're going to spend this time together because, you know, life happens. Okay. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So I have, um, it was a, a hard lesson learned, but what I do is I try to do all of, try to schedule everything I need to do before four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Because once my family gets home, I've got two kids, a six and a two year old. Once they get home, it's, it's all about them. Now, right now I'm talking to you and my husband's got them, but at this point it's eight o'clock at night. We would be putting them down for bed and you know I also have to give that time to my husband so yes scheduling that time where you do nothing like during that time for me I don't watch television I don't get on social media sometimes I just lay down (laughs) in silence because I need my brain to stop I need I don't want to think about nothing else I don't want to I just need everything to be quiet just even if it's just for 20 minutes, I need my brain to be quiet. Mm-hmm. You'll have to. Other than that, because the reason I, I put those spaces in that's like do nothing or date or whatever, I have to see it on my calendar because when you see a spot open, when people are asking you, what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, let me look at my phone. Let me look at my calendar. If I see nothing there, oh no, I'm not doing nothing. And then whatever they tell you of their plan or whatever they're doing, I fill it in. And then at the end of the week or you know, maybe two weeks later, I'm like, why does it feel like I did not have a break or we just been going nonstop because I done mm-hmm. filled up all of my free time with other stuff, even other stuff, like even though it may not be work or school or whatever it is, it's tiring to go out with, you know, your friends or a it kid's is. birthday party or whatever it is. Like that stuff is, is tiring. It's exhausting. So I have to have my do not leave the house date. We're not leaving the house. <laughs> Uh, we're not doing anything but kind of just chilling around here, lounging around here, whatever it may look like. We're not leaving here. 
and yeah. we're not doing anything in here. We if we sleep all day, we sleep all day. Um, but it's definitely blocked off. Um, so I see that y'all you went to Woman Evolve in Texas. Yes. So tell me yes. about that. How was it? I want to go next year. How was it? You're going next year. Okay. You're going. You are coming with us. You are. I'm going with Piera. You're coming. You will be one of the moms. So it was so great. Um, to start off, it was something I saw. We posted in the group, like, how many people want to go? So we try, like, every, I guess you could say every couple of years, we've done, like, these mom trips. And this year, we were looking at going to San Diego for, like, some wineries and kind of girl time. Well, then we saw Women Ball roll out. And I was just like, we, we need to go to Dallas. I think some people need to be uplifted. We're in hard time. The Facebook group had like kind of shifted a while. So people were just complaining or feeling depleted or venting or whatever it is. It's like, we need to lift our spirits. We, we really need to go to Women Ball, see what it's about. Um, And it was amazing. We had 22 women sign up and go. Then they, they went. Um, some of those women went on, like, they, they found a way. They went on scholarships and people were in the Women Evolve conference group, like, literally giving away their tickets because they couldn't make it. So I always mm. say it was divine intervention for whoever was there with us. They were meant to be there. They needed to receive whatever was in that room for them. They made connections on the professional level. They made spiritual connections. They walked away with, you know, sisters who might not even be moms, but in their neck of the woods. Um, that are like, let's hang out and let's go do this. And I'm not a mom, but we really vibe, so let's be friends. <laughs> and it really boosted the spirits of a lot of women. Wow. Some people needed a heavy cry and they got that cry out because they're so used to going in their room and closing the door. <laughs> They were able to do that without being judged. They were able to get the hugs that they needed to get the hugs from. It was a lot. It was so overwhelming, but overwhelming in a good way. And we're going, we are already registered. We have our Eminem group ready um, for Women Evolve 2024. Okay. And I hope to take even more. I, I really do hope to take even more women because it was just so touching to see people get whatever it is that they needed just a refresher a rebooster in mind body soul like literally physically because they were able to get all did up um put their makeup on put their cute clothes on and they were like oh i'm feeling good i never get to do this yes um mentally and spiritually and emotionally like they got the release that they needed and they got the build up and the refresh that they needed and i'm so glad i'm okay. so glad that we went I'm going to email you when this is over with so I can figure out how to get to Woman Evolve 2024. <laughs> get to Woman Evolve 2024. The registration link is open. So we do have like preferred seating. And right now, if you go onto the website, it will say Inner Circle and Preferred Seating are both sold out. However, I think the numbers that were set is similar to what was set last year because she planned on having it at the Potter's House. Sarah Jakes planned on having it at the Potter's House. Mm-hmm. And so the registration numbers were set at a lower amount because they could only have so many people. 
Okay. But because there was a year left of registration, they reopened the spot later on when she realized she was having it at the Globe Life Field. Um, and so I think that same thing is going to happen. I think right now they're just gauging how many people are interested in coming. And once she realizes that she's going to have even more than 40,000 women, there's 40,000 yeah. women there, she's going to upgrade that space again. And then it'll open up and then you'll be able to get where we're registered for it, which is inner circle. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I like to tell my, my listeners, I hope that they've gotten something from this, you know, from this episode, but more importantly, I got something from this episode. Um, it, it helps to be able to connect and relate to another mom that is either in the same space that you're in or has been through it and can look back and say, Hey, I know what you're dealing with. I know what you're going through. This is how I made it. Like you said, this might work for you. This may not, but this is what I did. So this will give you the motivation or the inspiration to move forward for whatever is next for you. So, um, I will tell you that I am a mother who is still struggling how to figure out how to work my job, how to, you know, do my podcast, how to be an entrepreneur, how to be a wife and be a mom. And of course, being a wife and being a mom is at the top of my list. Those are my priorities because if my family's not happy, if my family is not happy, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, God gave me this family. I love them dearly. They are my world. So if they're not happy, then there's no point to it. But um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from you tonight. And I hope that the message that you put out tonight, uh, somebody else, even if it's just one person, even if it's just one person, we've done our job tonight for putting out our message. So always, um, always just one person. Is, just one. It's all I need. You know, we, we have a team. We had teams of people who do that all the time of this is taking off. Keep up with the momentum. Social media, content, content, content. And I'm not in it for that. No. I'm not. I'm not in it for that. I'm not in it for the amount of followers and everything else. If I could just have one mom say, I completed my degree because you said it was possible, I'm good. And I've, I've seen it happen and we've had those conversations. And so if one person tells me, if I met Woman Evolve and somebody says, I heard you on Sasha's podcast. <laughs> I joined and I feel amazing and I'm so glad I did it. My we've, day is made. My we've done our job. We've done it. <laughs> we've, we've done our job. So before you go, any words of encouragement for any mom out there trying to balance mommying and career? What could you tell yeah. them? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't fall prey to the status quo of somebody telling you you cannot do it. Um, because you can do it. I know, like, I talked about having her dad and everything, but life, like, takes a change, and you become, I became a single mom, and I still figured out a way, um, and so keep going. No matter what you do, keep going. Love on yourself as you keep going, and give yourself some grace as you keep going, because whatever is meant for you is gonna be for you, and it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there, as long as you get there. So always remember that you are a bomb woman who just so happens to be a mom too. Keep yourself first. 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Pierre. I totally enjoyed this conversation. I'm going to be in your DMs. This ain't over. I'm going to be in your DMs. But um, to all my listeners, I hope that you got something from this tonight. I, I really hope you do. We are out here trying to build moms up. That's what we need. We are out here trying to build moms up, trying to give you the motivation. Mom, you are great. And if you are worried about whether or not you're a good mom, you probably are because you're already worried about it. So um, if nobody else has told you tonight, I love you and I will talk to you soon. Yay. Yay. Hey, thank you for listening to the Village Motherhood Edition podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other moms like you and me find the show so that we can build our village. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at thevillage underscore me. Plus, we can keep the conversation going on Facebook with the, the Village Motherhood Edition podcast Facebook group. Talk to you soon. Bye.